We are the Adventuring Guild, and this is the Home Brew Review. again for joining us for another adventure of the Homebrew Review. We are once again in Out of the Abyss. However, this time we are taking on an adventure from the Expedition section uh, 3-9 called The Way Down. There wasn't a really great way to do an 8th level adventure here in the Out of the Abyss campaign without a little bit of creativity involved, so I figured why be creative when somebody's already made one that'll work. So we are running the way down. A little bit of background info for this. About a half day's travel from Hillsfar, a hundred foot deep sinkhole uh, has all of a sudden appeared and drow have begun pouring out of this as well as other creatures from the other Underdark. So you guys are kind of being sent to secure this location. Uh, once again, if you guys would like to join the podcast and actually play with us here over Skype or in person if you're close enough, Go to our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash adventuringguild, and join for just $2. Uh, you'll get a chance to submit your ideas for the podcast and have a chance to actually join us here on the show. So we will go ahead and start once again with reviews with Braden in the lead. Hello, everyone. Braden from Australia here once again playing Chalk, the Terran Commander. Uh, last week we battled some odd mushroom creatures and... Had a little bit of an encounter with Zugtmoin's uh, worshippers. It was uh, very interesting. Um, coming over from playing Moonbones, he didn't go down until the very last uh, minute of the last game. Uh, to coming to Chark, who's gone down two or three times <laughs> in the first encounter, is uh, <laughs> a bit different. But luckily, we've got the Chef, Idlist, and Waterbender who are all capable of some healing. Uh, the best features of the Commander so far, I'd say, would definitely have to be the stacking damage die for the Whip, and the Commands are very awesome as well. I enjoyed, uh, although it didn't come into play too much, the uh, Intimidate Command, which gave the enemy the disadvantage on all saving throws. I can definitely see that being very powerful when we get some decent spell casting. Uh, but at earlier levels, not so much. One of the limitations would be, I think, that the class starts out relatively slow. You don't actually get any commands until you reach third level. The first two levels only gaining access to acumen, which is what I use to help uh, Bitterfang hit the giant fungal creature. Um, and then exceptionalism at second level, which is a essentially, essentially like uh, expertise. Yeah, until you reach third level, you're not really doing anything too different from or stand out that would uh, really make you feel like you're playing as a awesome class. That um, it takes you a while before you actually start feeling like a commander. Uh, that would be one of the drawbacks that I would say, and I've seen that uh, Lydia has addressed that online and is going to be making changes to that, which I'm pleased to hear. Um, 
A, another sort of drawback would be the losing my extra damage dice after missing one attack, which considering I only have one attack a turn, uh, losing that extra damage dice and then having to reset back down to just a basic 1d8 was uh, a little annoying, but there were so many enemies that I had a plenty of choice between who I wanted to attack anyway. Um, moving on to level 8, I get use of some awesome new commands, which will I have taken mainly from my uh, doctrine, so more offensive use commands instead of um, the commands that will help my allies, as we have plenty of support going on in the class, on the, sorry, in the party, anyway. Uh, I gain a feature from my subclass, which allows me to forego damage dealing, and uh, this is when I use my whip and attempt to disarm a creature if they're holding an item. And when I do so, they make a strength saving throw. If they fail, the item lands at my feet. This can be very fun and uh, potentially a good way to control an enemy's damage output by stripping them of any potential weapon they could have. Uh, another cool feature I get at level 6 is called Chain of Command. I can essentially store a command within an ally and they can act as a messenger to deliver it as an action. So I could give a... I have a command now called Stun. Uh, shock, sorry. I have a command called Shock. And what it does is it allows you to roll your my will die, and the target is either stunned until the end of its next turn. If I get a regular success or a critical success, the target is stunned for one minute and must repeat the saving throw at the end of each of the turns. So That's... being able to put that in an ally to for a um, potential use is uh, awesome, and I'm looking forward to using that ability. I get uh, additional expertise in two, uh, up to three skills now. So I have a bunch of plus eights, which is awesome. And I've learned a few more commands and up to my charisma to 16, so I get that extra uh, D8 damage boost on my bone whip, which will uh, hopefully come into play a bit more in this coming game. All right, go ahead, Mike. All right. <clears throat> well, Squig and Bitterfang are back, and we're going through some changes. Uh, the evolution has started to take place um, for Squig himself. He's gained an ability called Protector. Uh, that is a plus two armor class when he's within five feet of his avatar. So whenever we're in close proximity, I'm a little more protected. Fortunately, I also picked up a plus two studded leather. So I'm armor class 17 or 19. That's pretty solid. Uh, Bond Sense allows me to see tele and, and hear telepathically through my avatar, so... Should you use a smaller avatar, you can send them out to kind of scope out an area. Say you've got, like, send anything smaller, I don't know why you would want one because less damage, but if you did, uh, so you could, like, scout an area without actually being there. Uh, call allows me, this is kind of a neat thing, I actually have to read this. Call allows me to, at 7th level, you can call your avatar to your side. As an action, you can teleport your avatar to your side regardless of distance, but you must be on the same plane of existence. Once, uh... You use this power before you can get a long rest before you move it again. So 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 like I can literally like jump over, go heal someone, and then call him to my side uh, for the next turn. Uh, my ability upgrade went to wisdom because that's my primary spell casting modifier. As far as uh, Bitterfang's going through some changes, he gained an, a major evolution, which I chose elemental attack. He now adds two d four acid damage to all natural attacks. So both bites and his tusks. For three points out of the four that I gained, I took multi-attack. He now has a second head. 
So he'll bite twice per turn. And as a one-point evolution, I chose Swift, gaining 10-foot movement speed. So now his base speed is 60. And he has plus three ability points. Based on the uh, archetype that I chose, he gained three ability points, which I put all into Constitution. He now has a 16 Constitution. Doesn't matter right now, but later in, uh, as we progress, he'll actually receive an item that stacks based on his COD modifiers. So that's where we're at right now. So as far as last session went with Squig, I feel like my initial assessment of me being the group tank and just getting in there and doing something, he soaked a lot of damage. Uh, Fang took a lot of damage, and sadly he, he dissolved into a mist of nothingness. I went down twice. Um, having four hit die, again, I mentioned during the beginning that having most classes have six hit die, and if you have some constitution, you're probably going to be okay. Wow, only having 18 hit points to start, and even with me splitting the damage between myself and the ward, it just it, it wore us down. Um, fortunately, though, now having more hit points in general, having multiple attacks, having more the ability to actually cast cure at a higher level, I have higher expectations as to how we're going to survive this time around and actually dish out some more damage. I feel like it's going to scale much better. The lower levels might be a little difficult, but uh, high hopes. So, there you go. Alright, David. Uh, hey everybody, it's David. I'm playing the Waterbender. And um, last session I thought went really well. I really enjoyed um, the variety of stuff you can do with this class. It's really easy to switch back and forth between maybe being more healing-centric or you know, trying to deal some damage. I mainly tried to stay you know, sort of in the mid-ground in the battle, staying out of direct melee range, but close enough that I can get to people if I need to. Um, I didn't use my title conduit at all, and I'm not, I'm not sure if that was a mistake or not. I was just thinking that... Um, I was thinking I'd be most useful if I just stayed back and cast little spells here and there to try and help out where I can rather than committing to being up front, doing melee damage, taking attacks, that kind of thing. But also something that, you have, something that I think about a lot when I, when I have something like Tidal Conduit where I can only use it two times per, um, I believe it's two times per short rest, is there's a lot of um, like encounter economy that you have to think about where sometimes you'll be playing a game and you'll have two battles in one day or three battles in one day where you can't use your title conduit every time, or else next time you won't be able to, and maybe that's what you really need to. But if you're playing a game where maybe you have one battle a day, or even less than that, you, you'll be able to use it all the time, every battle, if you want to. So that's something that's going to be much more powerful, or much less powerful, depending on how your DM decides to play the game. It's something that you know, needs to be paid attention to as you're thinking about whether you want to play this class. Um, some new perks that I'm getting this time around, I have an ability called Kaya's Defense, which allows me to attempt to block an attack in my range as a reaction, so it's just a deck save for the person attacking, and I can do that one time each time I use my title conduit, so... Once again, that's an action that I can use a couple of times a day, and then I'm done. So a lot of it is thinking about when you want to use it to make the most out of it. And, and like, I'm the guy 
in Skyrim who has like 50 different potions that are all super cool, like fire breathing, whatever, that I never use. Because what <laughs> if I need them for the next one? What if I have some? What if I really need them in like five? It, it, it's a problem. But um, just be aware of that if you ever want to try out this class. I certainly will try and be more aware of it this time. And um, yeah, so far I'm liking it. Much like a fine stew, all of these wonderful ingredients are coming together for a perfect flavor. Um, I'm back, everybody. This is Micah playing Hamich, the Grung Chef. Uh, last session, I one thing I really feel like I was able to showcase was the ridiculous versatility that this class brings. There is a recipe for just about any situation that you may encounter. Um, you know, I was able to give our waterbender the bonus with the croquedam. I was able to, you know, let our, uh, our our summoned ward hit a little bit harder with the uh, the pan fried skewer. Uh, one recipe that I really wish that I had prepared uh, was was my uh, vegetable medley stew, which allows you to for one minute choose a damage type and become resistant to it. So, uh, man. I think poison resistance would have been really great in that last fight, but uh, <laughs> a little bit. But uh, well, once again, that's that's the one drawback is there's so many wonderful things that you can do, but you are limited, just like with any other spell, uh, any other casting. This huge list of spells that you can prepare, this huge list of recipes that I can cook, but I can only cook so many for a long rest, and then it's just a matter of did I pick the right ones? Because you know. You just gotta do what you gotta do. Um, coming up, I don't gain. I gain a little bit and not much. Uh, I gain an extra attack if I need it from my uh, class feature. But the one, the one ability that I'm really looking forward to uh, from from my uh, patissier, my pastry chef specialty, is cake munitions. At seventh level, your surplus ingredients can be made into projectiles. You can hurl special ammunition with your ladle. These special types of ammunition do not deal damage to the target on a hit. Instead, applying an effect based on which ingredient you're using. So I can use sugar syrup to restrain a creature, a flower bomb to create a fairy fire effect, or a rotten egg to poison a creature. So, once again, these are just, you know, stuff I've been pulling out of my bag. You know, I got eggs that have rotted in there, and they, they stink really bad, and I need to get rid of them. Why not get rid of them in the face of, uh... A slavering beast. Um, other than that, once again, it's just gaining the ability to create more spells, and that's one of the things I like about this class is your recipe list. Every recipe is open to you from the very beginning. You you, know, you pick which ones you learn at each level, and any of them can be learned because all of them improve with the level that you are at. So you know, I don't have to choose to cast something at first level. You know, you know, I learned that the crook madam at the you know, at the very beginning. It just so happens that now that we've surpassed the fifth level, that AC bonus just naturally increases. You know, if I were to use the epicake again, which I probably won't, you know, those effects are always going to be increased. So I don't have to worry about you know. Okay, I can only ca I can only use this this recipe at a lower level. Everything is as potent as it can possibly be for whatever situation you're using it in. And that's one thing I really like about this this class. It's, like I said, it's very versatile, but it is limited. I feel that it's really balanced, and I'm 
really enjoying it. And so uh, here's hoping that someone can properly utilize, utilize the effects of Sodium Rock Lobster. <laughs> we would also like to say thank you to our newest Patreon member, Lydia. You can hear some of her amazing work, including The Commander, which is featured on this segment of the Homebrew Review podcast. Uh, so thank you very much, Lydia, for joining. All right. We'll go ahead and get started then. So for a little bit of back information, basically you guys would have been... Um, you're trying to make your way to the way down, is what it's been called. Unfortunately, the Red Plume Garrison stands between you and your goal. Uh, there isn't a good way to get through here, as the garrison was built right on top of where this way down is. So you guys have basically been commissioned to infiltrate the garrison, as there is a dinner party type thing going on. So our grung chef is obviously chefing it up as a uh, super secret undercover chef spy thing. Our, I can do. <laughs> our water, water bender is definitely putting on some sort of performance with all sorts of water tricks. Uh, we have our warg tamer over here, the goblin. And I, I, I honestly have no idea what to what to make for you, Brayden. Uh, with Char- yeah, I have no idea either. <laughs> You're one of the guests of honor that nobody really talks to because he's badass enough and just standing in the back that you just kind of let him be. Did you say badass? Yeah, badass. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. Alright, so you guys, as guests to this entire thing, after the feast gets, or towards the end of the feast, you have a couple of options. You know, uh, due to some inside help, that the main East Hall will be locked up as soon as night falls. Uh, as such, you guys are going to need to try and figure out a way to get out of this room and to the way down before the end of the night. You have a couple of different options. You can either try to pick the locks on the doors after uh, the entire thing is locked up, or you can try and pickpocket one of the keys off of the sergeants with a little bit of sleight of hand. What would you guys like to do? There's always the breaking the doors down approach. Uh, however, that will make enough noise. You're pretty sure it would become obvious. Um, I do have proficiency with. I have a plus six on my sleight of hand. Okay. I could, you know, as he, as he, you know, as I bring out the the super special main course that I've prepared for the honor of the guests. I could try to slip my hand in his pocket and. Uh... Oh no! <laughs> oh, that one. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we're starting off. Here. That's a seven to my sleight of hand. That, even though it was technically a nat one, let me find the stats here, uh, you still would have be- beat his perception. So I'm going to say you weren't discovered on the first one. However, you did not get the key. Roll a second time, because I'm sure you would have tried it again. Oh, yeah. You, you went to pick his pocket and instead dumped a vanilla cupcake into his lap. Damn it. He was very Which causes a distraction, reducing his... That's a 10. That's a hell of a lot higher than the 8 I rolled. You are able to slip a key to this room. They lock all of you guys in um, after one of your inside helpers tells you to bring your quote-unquote sleeping gear, a.k.a. all the equipment you smuggled in, and you guys are locked into the room. You wait until after nightfall and the entire area goes dark. Within this feast hall, red banners bearing the symbol of Hillsfar hang from the ceiling of this large hall, and rows of sturdy dining tables are laid out with food scattered with straw. 
the strong the smell of stale beer permeates or uh, excuse me um Rows of sturdy dining tables are laid out over a floor scattered with straw, and the smell of stale beer permeates the air. Everything has gone quiet. You know that there are doors. Uh, for you, Braden, it's area number three on the map. Um, there are doors to the north, east, west, and south. Where would you guys like to go? The only doors that you would have seen thus far um, walking in were the doors to the north, which is kind of where the main gate is. So you already know that that is the way out. Without metagaming and looking at the rest of the map, which doors do you guys think you would have gone through? One of the single doors to the east or the west, or the double doors to the north? Probably one of the... Probably. I mean... I always say, always go left. <laughs> but DMs catch on to that, and they start putting all the bad stuff on the left. So I'm just sitting here thinking, so... It was this castle built to defend the way down, or was this the, this garrison? As far as you know, yes. So then, it's known that it, this is how you get to it. So they wouldn't probably try to hide it. I don't think. Otherwise, you know, it's like yeah, everybody knows that this is the way there, so there's no point trying to conceal the path down. In my opinion, so I'd probably go to the double doors. Yeah, probably be near the center. I think. Okay. Mm. You guys open up the double doors, and as you do, you walk into a hallway. It is, uh, let's see here. Yeah, you walk into a hallway. Uh, you don't see anybody coming from either side. Uh, there's a set of double doors in front of you, as well as a door you can see to the west, a single door. And then if you kind of adjust your position a little bit, you can see another double door at the end of the other hall to the east. Can I dip the tip of my whip in draft poison, please? Yes. Excuse me? I didn't need you to repeat that. <laughs> Your what? Whip. Whip, Dave. The tip of my whip. I heard you. I'm still horrified. It's all good. I want to have... Dark... Er, dark... Bitter Fang. Uh, I want to have him make a, a, a perception check. He gets advantage on smell. Okay. I want to have him take a whiff and see if he can catch any. Uh, see? Yeah. See if he can catch a whiff of anybody coming from either sides. Okay, go ahead. Uh, ten, and then, oh, we get advantage because that's a natural twenty, so twenty-five. All right. Uh, you do know that there are a lot of individuals uh, in this building yet, but as far as right where you guys are, you have yet to to see anybody in this hallway or hear or smell anybody in this hall. There's definitely been a lot of traffic through here, but as of this moment, there's nobody hiding around the corners as far as you Because a listen check doesn't do much good if the guy's just standing still leaning against the doorway, so... Yeah, but even with the smell and whatnot, there's definitely been people here, but nobody that you have seen thus far, or smelled thus far. Can we go through those double doors ahead of us? Are there two double doors ahead of us? Yeah, the double door's ahead of you. You go to put your key into the door, and it does not open it. Uh, this door appears to be very well locked with a separate key. Hmm. Yeah, I guess, I guess you don't know if you got the right key. We could probably try this door. It doesn't work. I've got a sneaking hunch that this that, that they may have just... You know, like, all the sergeants will have keys to all the main doors in the building... But, you know, it'll only be, like, a special guard that carries, you know, like, an on someone who is 
whoever's on duty might have the key to the, the way down. You would have met during all of this, or maybe not personally met, but you would have seen and known of uh, Captain Helk is kind of in charge of this uh, this facility. Well, I guess I, I'm willing to bet that that might be who we're, we're looking for for this key, or we can... Yeah. Ooh, actually, um, Micah, since you kind of have the special honor of being a cook uh, within this place, go ahead and, and roll me a just a straight luck check to see if you were able to figure out a little bit of info. And that one with luck. Holy crap. I was focused on my You cooking. were, yeah, this is like Iron Chef quality food here. Do you, you don't even remember the entire time in between the meals. You just got into the kitchen, got in your zone, and nothing else existed outside of that. He's passionate about his work. He is. It is. Uh, he is. My and, life. And only a couple of waiters slash waitresses uh, uh, ended up hallucinating from accidentally touching your hand as they picked the plates off of the... Uh, uh, they uh, just... A, that's why I wear gloves. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But if they had accidentally touched <laughs> my hand, they would have been straight up poisoned. Yeah, yeah, there it goes. So, what would you guys like to do? A bit of sweat from your brow dripped into the pot. <laughs> oh, then people God. Would have started, then, then everybody would have been hallucinating. It was a very successful party. The kitchen's all over there. And that is all I can tell you. The rest of you would have basically just entered in through the front doors, the portcullis in the front, and uh, not really seen anything else around. Um, if anyone wants to try the lock on that second set of double doors... I'd say go for it, just in case we end up getting lucky. Yeah, you but guys did already. The key went into the lock, but it did not turn. I mean, if you have thieves' tools or oh, tools. Gotcha. Nope. There's not a thief yeah. among us. If you guys want to try to break down the door, you're welcome to. Otherwise, you can try and find the key. You know that there is a quote-unquote captain of this um, area, but you do not know where he would be at at this point. I'm stealthily head to the right of the left. Okay. I will stealthily head to the left. Alright. Go ahead and everybody roll me a stealth check. Am I the only one who put my cloak of elven kind back on? Yeah, all of you guys have advantage on that. That is a uh, 22 to stealth. Okay. Ooh, 21. 14. 20, 21 for me. Advantage. Yep, 21 is better. Uh, <clears throat> Fang gets 12. Okay. You guys head down towards the right, and you come to a single door. I went and a, left. Or, excuse me, to the left. And um, you guys come to a single door, and then uh, further on down the hall, you see three more doors. One that leads back into that hall that you were in, another one um, on the left-hand side, and then a door at the end of the hall, which you can only imagine is kind of that that guard room uh, right as you guys were entering. Hold up. Oh, yeah, straight. straight. I was going to say, I'm going to pull out the key and try the door that's directly in front of me. Okay. Uh, You are able to open this door. The smell of hay and dung mark this room as a stable. A set of wooden cages on the eastern wall holds a pack of slumbering hounds, and four pins on the north wall each contain a riding horse. Piles of hay fill the center of the room. Within this room, you see a small boy who is kind of overseeing the stables. Uh, let me go ahead. Uh, he is sleeping, actually, in a pile of hay. And as I noticed you. Can I look to the rafters? Are there any bats? Um, you know what? Uh, go ahead and roll me just a straight d20. If it's ten or higher, you do find bats in the room. Fourteen. Okay, you do find bats. I am going to pull out, like, a ration, and I'm going to 
I use my screech ability to, ability to attempt to communicate simple concepts with bats. I'm going to uh, sort of try and animal handling my way or get them to come down to me, I guess. Okay, yeah, they would uh, definitely come down to you uh, heading straight for that ration. Alright, I'm gonna... Um, well, actually, I can't... I don't have the ability to communicate them. Uh, sorry, understand them in return, so I'm not sure what I'm gonna really ask them to do, <laughs> but... Yeah, you've got that Dracula vibe going on with the cloak of bats currently on you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will tell them, I'll give them sort of the food and say to stay on my shoulders and attack my enemies. But uh, I have to make a charisma check, I can't just... Yeah, uh, go ahead. Them to do. I have advantage on charisma checks against bats. Hooray. Uh, that is a 13. Okay, and I rolled a 12. Alright. Okay, so they are currently just hanging out on you. As of right now, um, the dogs and the boy and whatnot that are all there are just kind of sleeping. Nobody has roused them yet as you just opened the door. We could try and create a distraction, like have something loud happening. I feel like the distraction might be one of those last resort things. I agree. I'm going to quietly close the door. Okay. And leave it unlocked for now. Okay. Uh, the door is then unlocked for the moment. Uh, do you guys want to continue down to that guard house that you would have crossed coming in, or do you want to back up and go to the right? It's from the right, yeah. Guard houses tend to have guards in them. <laughs> no way. Captain might be at a guard house. He might have the key we need. All right. Yes. The sound of gentle snoring echoes through this room. Ten bunk beds line the walls, but it seems only half of them are occupied by sleeping figures. Each bunk in the room has two small trunks stowed away underneath of it. The bunk bed nearest the door is bright red. There is painted uh, bright red. Who's sleeping on that? It looks like everybody that is there has a red cloak either on themselves or hanging off of one of their bunks. But all of them do still be appear to be asleep. Usually, if I'm going to guess if this guy has a different colored bunk, he is somewhat important. I would agree. As you kind of look a little bit closer, go ahead and everybody give me a... Or whoever's looking closer, give me a perception check. 17? All right, you do recognize the um, signet of a sergeant. And the, that bunk bed is the only one that appears to have two pegs on it instead of the normal one. So you're guessing with the number of sergeants and bunks that they share one of those beds. That they, whoever is awake, the other one is asleep kind of a thing. Is there a cloak hanging from the bunk bed? Yes, they are. Can I whisk, should I whisper to my bats and try to get them to fly over and grab the coat together and bring it back? If you want to, you're more than welcome to try to. What is the fly speed of a cloak-laden yes. bat? <laughs> <laughs> a cloak-laden bat. Faster than your fly speed. Oh, God. All right, so do you want to try that? Should I do that, guys? I say, yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, go ahead and roll me a... Uh, I don't know what bats are proficient in. Either a stealth or sleight of hand... I don't think bats would be proficient in sleight of hand. Go ahead and roll me a stealth check to see if the bats are able to carry it out without waking, out the, waking up the sergeant. Come on, bats. Eight. Oh, shit. 
the bats manage to pick it up in their tiny claws. However, they are not quite coordinated enough to all act together while carrying this heavy cloak, and the cloak falls upon the sergeant. I'm going to roll a d20. If it's higher than a 10, the sergeant wakes up. That is a 7. The sergeant yeah. now is oh. even more comfortable in his bunk. Oh being, he pulls yes, it over. He does. He, he pulls he it over and up. snuggles up to it. The scent of blood helping him sleep at night. Would you guys like to? Would you guys like to do anything else? Okay. I will wait for the bats to fly back out the door and quietly close the door and lock it. Okay. Ooh. Yes. I heard an ooh. I was just thinking of taking... Wait, this was the sergeant that I pickpocketed the key from, right? One of them. There are multiple sergeants. You wouldn't know until you tried to rifle through his pouch. Is his pouch on him? Yes, it is. Someone get in there. Let's do this. You guys also see... I gotta give you all the information. You guys are able to count six soldiers and one sergeant all in this room. Well, I've got six stealth, and with the cloak for the advantage... You have, a, you have a better stealth than I do. That's they also are not in armor, nor are they sleeping with their swords. So they all are basically unarmed at this point. And I'll just, I'll just whisper, see if you can get that pouch for me. Let's do it. All right, Goblin, give me a stealth check and a sleight of hand. Um, well, there's a nat 20 and an 18, so I'm succeeding. Oh, 26 awesome. stealth. Yep. And then sleight of hand... Uh, 11 plus 3 for 14. You are able to, as a matter of fact, the footfalls um, that you are making are to the tune of Rockabye and Goodnight. Go to sleep while I steal from you. And you are able to kick another key out of the pouch. You compare it to the other key, and they are identical. Excellent. Sorry. Yes. Because as he comes out, we're going to close the door and lock it. Okay, you are able to lock the door to the bar. I am just locked them on inside the barracks. There is all that is left in this hall is a door that you can only presume leads to the kitchens. Is anybody hungry? (laughs) I had to resist the urge. There's a joke within our gaming group with the goblin, the the song of sneaking. Yes! Oh god. They bang along their drum. I'm a sneaky motherfucker. I'm a sneaky. <laughs> Making so much noise, everyone is attracted to them. But they honestly think that they're like, I'm sneaky. That is awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, we're ready to go again. All right. So what would you guys like to do? Break into the kitchens? There was a door off of the kitchens that you had not explored. How many important rooms lead off from a kitchen? You guys? You know? You other than the guard houses, the right there are only two doors that you have not opened. Well, um, uh, here, here's my thought process. If I'm even somewhat important, I want quick access to the kitchen. So I'm thinking I would have a servant's door that if, does, if it doesn't directly connect to the kitchen, uh, like you know, just like, like a servant's passage that connects my quarters to the kitchen. Sounds good. We'll just sneak through the kitchen. I'll just be like, watch out that the floorboard squeaks. 
Yeah. The scent of herbs and salted meats wafts through the air of this room. Two tables in the middle of the room are covered with knives, baking utensils, and several, several piles of folded clothes. A few dozen casks of beer are uh, stacked up on the south side of the room. Red embers still faintly glow in the large oven on the north side of the room. Normally, you would have been surrounded by four other cooks that work in this kitchen. However, at night, they are with the other troops sleeping in Area 7. The sevens. My friends, I must admit, the ingredients here were barely adequate, and it was everything. It took all of my skill to make them palatable. Ooh, since you were in here, roll me an investigation check. Does it involve smell? Ah, uh, yes, it does. Four. Um, that is a 26. Wait, sorry. 19... 18, sorry, I had a minus one to investigate. That's, that's, that's an 18. While you were rooting around in the cupboards looking for ingredients, you saw two bottles of exquisite brandy and three boxes of handmade cigars from the Dale Labs. Each item in the stash is worth 40 gold pieces for a total of 200 gold pieces for the lock. I'm going to run over here and grab those real quick <laughs> and put them in my bag of holding. Yeah, for sure. And I am not going to sell them good wine as hard to find. But... Those uniforms on the bench... Are they chef uniforms? Yes, they are. The cooks would have, at the end of the night, um, changed back into regular clothes in order to not get themselves dirty. I do not like the smell of the the chef's coats that I wore. (laughs) So I will not acquire another one. It smelled of shame from the previous owner. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so would you like to try and break into that last room there uh, to the south of the kitchen? Or walk through. Okay, you open up the door into... This one actually would be unlocked. You open up the door into a small hallway. Another door at the very end of the hall, you can only imagine, goes into yet another guardhouse. There is a door to the uh, west of that that you have not yet opened into area number five. It's a key to lock. Alright, you open the door and rich furnishings adore this pentagonal room and a white bearskin rug covers the center of the floor. A desk on the east wall is covered with disorganized mess of official-looking papers. A caricature of Helic in a gold frame sits upon the desk. You see here, um, I believe he is sleeping. He's asleep uh, near dinner time, so he is totally passed out. Not just asleep, but like drunkenly passed out. That's awesome. So, sneaky, I will sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky dude, go see if we can find the key on this person. That is exactly what I rolled last time. I have a net 20 and a 16, so a 26 to sneaky sneaky. Okay, yeah, no, that is more than enough to sneak. uh, Sleight of hand plus three, a four. Alright. I rolled a one plus a three is a four. Okay, yes, right on his waist you find the key ring and you are very easily able to steal the key. He's not putting much much of a fight up. <laughs> He's passed out drunk. All right. Any place else you would like to search in the room before you? Um. Well, I'm not. I'm not above sneaking around and snagging the occasional item from those in power. Okay. You can put a few drops of drought poison in his mouth because I believe if he fails to save, he's uh, unconscious. Like a uh, unconscious, that won't be able to be waking up. Woken up, sir. Then we could make as much noise as we wanted. 
If you want to, you're more than welcome to. Otherwise, like I said, he is totally passed out, and you would have known that he did not wake up the day before uh, doing this exact same thing. Um, he did not wake up the day before until early afternoon. So he's done. Yeah, we're probably good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, take a quick scan of the room. If nothing else, one of us can stand over him and could grab him if he is not wake up. A 16 investigation for inside the room just to see like where objects of value might be kept. Yeah, you can already tell he's doing very, very well for himself. Within this room, you uh, know that he has a mattress, which is fairly exquisite. Um, fairly um, ritzy, I guess, for just a command post. He also has a bearskin rug. Um, there is uh, a, a dresser drawer, or, I mean, a, a desk, a very ornate desk um, that he has. Where would you be searching first? Uh, let's start with a desk. All right, within the desk, you find uh, 40 gold pieces and a scroll of re- greater restoration in the top nice. drawer. Whoa. Also, the frame of the caricature is made of gold. But the picture in it makes it worthless. I'm assuming that's going to be a pretty heavy item. It doesn't give away, but maybe... Uh hidden trapdoor under this rug or some sort of vault behind that painting. Alright, go ahead. Um, well, what? you move the painting. You do not find anything uh, there. You do not find anything under the bear uh, under the bear rug either, but it is a polar bear rug which is worth 60 gold pieces. Go ahead, go. Hit it in the bag of holding. Go for it. Uh, Mike, what did you roll on your investigation? Uh, 16. Okay, uh, with that, you also notice that the mattress isn't quite square where he's sleeping. Like, it is slightly askew. Well, so move into it and start perusing the area. Alright, yeah. You are able to just just moving your hand underneath the mattress just a little bit, you are able to find a piece of paper that has a strange word written upon it. Do you speak Elvish? I don't. Does anybody speak Elvish? I do. Okay. Um, this word ble- basically translates to blessed by birth. It looks like a command word or something like that, but you're not sure. I'll take note of that. Okay. That is everything that you see in this room. Idea. Whisper that word. Blessed by birth. <laughs> <laughs> as creepy as it is, absolutely nothing happens. Okay. <laughs> Since I'm secret passwords, do things. Let's go try those double doors then. Still, we'll take the key to the double doors. All right, you head over to the double doors, and you are very easily able to fit the key into the lock, and it silently, or not silently, but it very quietly clicks open. (laughs) (laughs) Go to menu. (laughs) Go to menu. Click save. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, double door, double iron doors are set into the wall at the end of this hall. Etched in the front of the doors is a depiction of a colossal man standing astride the city of Hillsfar. He has a stern look on his face, and his shield is raised in a protective manner. Go ahead, anybody that wants to, give me a history check. Hmm. A seven. Eleven. Uh, Twenty-one. Ten is all you needed, but as a matter of fact, Dave, you have this exact same etching in your door at home. Uh, It is a romanticized version of the First Lord Torin uh, Noberthal, the current Lord of Hillsfar. So you definitely have a thing for the mayor. Definitely, yeah, I'm into Hillsfar culture. Definitely, for sure. Uh, Historian, as a matter of fact. 
Um, let's see here. As you push the doors open, I need uh, everybody to give me a constitution saving throw that is within 10 feet of the door. I'm guessing we're all probably pretty much inside that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, if it was less than... Oh, go ahead. 19. 19? Okay, that's enough. 16. 16 is enough. Okay, Squig got a 12. And Puppy got 21. Alright, let's find my other D10. Uh, anybody that got less than a 15 takes uh, 25 points of poison damage. Oh, jeez. I would have just been straight up immune to that. But Jesus! Yep. Um, as a reaction, I'd like to split that between me and Dog. Okay. Uh, I mean, the word. Oh, fun fact. I could have given someone, if I, if, like, not knowing this gap was going to happen, uh, at fifth level, the strawberry vanilla cupcake that I used for dexterity saves also applies to con saves. Okay. As you guys open the door, having taken all that damage, um, the tw- a 20-foot a wide by 40-foot wide hole fills the center of this room, from which echoes the sounds of rushing water. A wooden treadmill, or uh, excuse me, a wooden treadwheel crane is built next to the sinkhole. On the far side of the hole, a partially finished earthen statue stands surrounded by carving utensils. Before we go any further, do any of you have a intelligence higher than ten? Yes. Yes. Nope. Who said yes, sir? Uh, me, Waterbender. I uh, Would you like a command? I can give you a command. Uh, that you have to use within the next hour. You can, uh, so it's a chain of command. I issue a command as an action to a willing ally with an intelligence of 10 or higher. Uh, that ally can then issue the command within one hour as an action. So I could give you, say, my terrify command that you could use, which would make one target frightened of you for a minute or war. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just what, whatever you want. Whatever you think you okay, sure. I am going to I will, uh, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I will whisper my terrifying uh, words that you will tell whoever you see within the next hour and pass that on to, may I tell you to pass that on to an enemy. While we're doing this, um, I'm going to hand our waterbender the croak madame that will will boost his AC for... How how, how long was that? Eight hours. So I'll just go ahead and eat it now. Alright. Is it still plus three? It is now a plus four. Awesome. Are you guys doing that before you open the doors proactively, or would you do this after you open the doors? After we open the doors. As you guys open the doors after taking that, once you physically step within the room, a burlap sack full of pots and pans clatter to the ground. Wouldn't have stepped into the room yet. Nobody stepped into the room yet. Well, we pushed the door open, we took damage. The first thing I want to do in between that and going in the room is I want to take one of my healing potions. Okay. Yep. As soon as damage happens, you know, take a take, take a deep breath. Okay. And sort out what's going on. Then all of this is going to happen all at once. So you hear a clattering of pots and pans hit the ground the second somebody's foot crosses through that door. So you can still do the health potion. You can still your, do your food thing. It's just no, I it's all going to. Well. Yeah. It's just all going to happen kind of at once. Six. Six plus two. Six plus two. Eight. So you said there that we can hear rushing water below? Correct. And it's just like a straight hit down? Correct. 
how far down is it? Long, 100 foot deep sinkhole, but there is a crane right in front of it that doesn't look too complicated to operate. Um, is the platform on the crane up? It does not specify. Go ahead and roll me a D, uh, D20. If it's 10 or higher, it's up. Nope. Three, it is down. Um, so here's a question. Can I jump across, latch myself onto the wall since I have climb speed, and then use the crane to drag that to try to you know, bring that platform up? Yeah, no problem. I'm going to do that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No. Uh, we're going to go ahead and say that it's up, because um, it doesn't say, but the way they're wording this flavor text, it sounds like the platform is already up. So they haven't specified that exactly, but um, it says that it is used to raise and lower supplies into the sinkhole, that it can lift up to 1,000 pounds at a time, and that one creature is needed to raise or lower the treadmill. But the way that it sounds with the combat that may or may not happen, um, the platform is already there. So we're going to go ahead and say that it's up there already. I'm I'm guessing just a hunch that this could give us a way to where we need to go. I mean, if it's that deep. Mm-hmm. It's not that far to jump. Uh, maybe if we land in water. <laughs> no, I'm not saying jump down. I'm saying jump across to the... Uh, uh, yeah, it's a uh, uh, 20-foot by 40-foot wide hole in the center of the room. That is not going well for the rest of us who aren't frogs. Wait, th- th- does the crane have any sideways movement as well as up and down? It doesn't say how big the platform is or um, whether it moves side to side. It just says I mean, it's, it's used to raise it, and lower. And there definitely should be an access point to if, the platform because if they use they use this for supplies, you're not going to risk just chucking supplies over a ledge. Yeah, and I'm gonna because I'm gonna go ahead and say that it fills most of that because if it can lift a thousand pounds worth of supplies um, and it's enough to fully muffle the sound, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably about as big as that. So if it's, I mean, even, even, you know, even if it's only like a five foot gap, that's not going to be difficult to clear. I'll just take this out. Seems good. Yep. A uh, thousand pounds. Um, let's do a weight check. I don't have the weight of a warg with me right now, but I mean, he's pretty big. If he's a large size I don't weigh much, so me plus him, he probably equals about two regular people. Yeah, so uh, we're going to call it about, um, we're going to go 300 pounds probably for you and the warg. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't be a huge person, so 150, 180. Yeah. I'm a small creature. Oh, yeah, so you guys are fine. Okay. Otherwise, I would be able to creatively use leave the work here and yeah. then travel down and then use my call ability and teleport it to us. We can put him in the bag of holding. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody puts me in the bag. He wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, down we go. All right. As you guys are running towards that platform, after hearing the clattering of pots and pans, you hear a bunch of noise behind you as alarms are raised. Just as you begin to lower that platform, you see the clay, or the statue, that unfinished statue, start to move, and it jumps down, landing on the platform with you as it begins its descent. Roll me an okay. issue. So now we're going to be battling wild descending. That is so cool. Interesting. Why did I roll that twice? All right. Oh, what am I rolling for him for? That's eight. He goes on my initiative. Who got what? 17 here. Eight. 19. Wow. I really wish I was the uh, entree chef. Okay. I have eight. Eight as well. 
All right, who's higher, damage or, or damage or charge? I'm a plus three. Plus four. Okay. Oh, I'm going after the stone golem. And it rolled a four. All right. So the clay golem uh, starts moving to attack. What would you guys like to do? We start the initiative order with Squig. Um. Ooh, I got some spells now. And that seems like a pretty good point to use them. Um, I was not expecting this, so I wasn't prepared. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, Commander, how would you feel about having an extra attack every turn? I would love that. Um, I personally will cast Haste. Oh, and, yes. Uh, let's see here. Yep, third level spell. I can do two of them, so mark that off. And it is a willing creature I can see within range. We're definitely within range. Uh, you'll gain plus two bonus to AC. You'll have advantage on saving throws against... And you'll gain additional attack each of your turns. Uh, Thank you so much. Oh, the additional action. You can use it to take the attack action, one weapon only, dash, disengage, hide, or use an object. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so that'll happen. And then uh, I'm assuming that Bitterfang is in range to make an attack. Yes. <laughs> this platform is not so big. Yeah, it's 20 so, by 40 ish. He does have two attacks now. Alright. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, he gets my. He gets my. Uh, his strength plus my proficiency. So 28 and 22. Both of those will hit. Alright, so. And because we added acid damage for one of his evolutions 2d6 plus 2d4 plus 6. 7, 11, 17 for the first attack. Alright. 5, 8, 9, 14 for the second. Alright. That is. Uh, um, the 2d4 is acid damage, and I'm assuming this is a construct. Does that have a resistance? Or. I'm not it's sure. immune to acid, so what would it be then? Um, oh, you only just roll them again and start over. Oh, whatever you want. It was 17 and 14. I don't know which was which. Um, well, the, it was, it was, he, he rolled each attack. Gotcha. Each attack has yep. Go ahead damage. and just re-roll it. Okay, so he's immune to acid. Yes, he is. Sad. <laughs> of course. I'm going to take the sweet upgrade and not use it. Actually, go ahead and uh, 17 and 14, re-roll them, but let me know what the acid was as well. I don't like the face he's giving me right now. Go ahead and roll it. <laughs> Okay, so this oh, is no. no. Just let me know what they are individually. Okay, so we'll just we'll start them over completely. So uh, there's eight physical damage. Okay. Um, and five acid. Okay. And the other attack. Six physical and four acid. Okay. As uh, your attacks hit him, uh, what kind of weapon is it, or damage? Is it slashing, piercing? It is, it's a bite, so it's piercing. Alright, and is it magical? It actually doesn't say here. It might be one of my evolutions that make that happen. It's immune to acid, poison, psychic, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical weapons that are not adamantine. Oh, well... I am useless. <laughs> and then the acid does an extra special something. That's why I have to know if it's magical or not. Otherwise, I would. 
Yeah, immunities do a lot of elemental damage, plus... I mean, you're really limited to what you can do to actually hurt this thing. Hmm. There we go. Okay, as the claws struck strikes this clay golem, it digs furrows into it. However, the acid damage that was done to it as well kind of shifts that clay, turns it into a, a more liquid state, and it fills in all of those furrows that you dug within it. Uh, knock two. Here's a good... Uh, no, I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's only on the bite that, that, happened, that, that he does that, so I can still use the tusk attacks. But they're not... I mean, if they're not magical either, then... Yeah. Can I see the water at the bottom at all? It's a hundred foot down. Do you have dark vision? Uh, no. Then no. Unfortunately, not. But I know there's water down there. You do. You hear the water flowing down there. I, I'm gonna jump at the, at the statue. Okay. And try to tackle it off the platform. Okay. I'm going down with it. All right. But make, gonna, it'll be a strength contest. An 18. That's a 10. You tackle and it falls from the platform. It doesn't say how deep the water is, so uh, go ahead and uh, roll me a dexterity acrobatics check to try and fall into the water as opposed to the land. Um, okay, I was going to use uh, control water, okay. which is a level four spell that let me lets me control like a like a hundred cubic feet of water and like okay, can, it says you can use like flood or to like bring it up or like create like a trench or just kind of move it around however you want. All right, go ahead and roll then um, your spellcasting modifier type thing. Roll just a straight check. Let me know what the number is. 16 plus my proficiency, so 19 plus my intelligence, so 24. You are able to, at the very last second, surge the water up to slow your fall with a great splash. This clay golem falls into the river. It well doesn't, done, Dave. Yeah, it doesn't say if they can swim or not, so I'm going to go ahead and say that that was a creative enough thing that it sinks to the bottom, unable to rise to the top. You land on shore nearby and are attacked. No. Uh, you land on the shore nearby. You see that there are several keel boats nearby. Um, this river flows down uh, for quite a ways. And then after quite a bit of time, your allies join you on the shores of the bank. As we get down there, I'm going to look around and see if there's a path back up to the actual to the garrison. Uh, there is not, but the um, the elevator, would, or the crane, would take you back up to the whole floor. Alright, so not seeing another path down, I'm going to cut the ropes on the elevator. Oh, shit. Okay, with oh, a great God. Yeah, with a great, great crash, it lands uh, actually sitting flush with the floor now. Well, I would have let it actually get down to the yeah, floor level. Yeah, it gets down and to the floor just, level, and then you cut the cut. ropes there at the bottom. So if we need to get back up, we can retie the ropes to get back up, so that, they, gotcha. so that someone who wakes up can pull it up and come back down after us. Gotcha. Alright, you guys are at the bottom. You guys are able to um, go ahead and give me a DC-10 Wisdom Water Vehicle check. Uh, 20... 20. 20. All right. You guys are able to very easily um, get around some of the areas that are permeated with Phaseris, which, you know, has all sorts of crazy-ass, wild, magic-y type effects to it. Um, so you guys are very easily able to uh, get around that. 
So you guys drift down river, and you encounter several signs of uh, Kuato uh, lurking ahead. A pillar of stacked stones nearly ten feet tall stands on the riverbank ahead. The bones of several fish-like humanoid creatures are piled before the pillar. Runic messages painted in blood cover the pillar's stones. Uh, does everybody speak undercommon? I do not. Nope. Nope. Brayden, do you speak under common? We lose Brayden again. Sorry, my oh. mic is on mute. I've been talking this whole time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I do speak under common. All right. You are able to read, Here lie false believers. The twin gods have risen, and the shrine of twofold sin is their kingdom. It's cheery. <laughs> Very. Uh, interesting. I say, Bless my birth. As this is a very disturbing sight, so I actually need everybody to give me a DC 13 wisdom series. Ooh. Yes! 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 Because of the plus two to wisdom between levels. <laughs> I made it! <laughs> Alright, you gain one level of madness if you fail. Oh. What do that do? Alright, let me get back to the front page on madness. You have a bout of short-term madness. It lasts 1d10 minutes. Alright, go ahead and roll me a percentile die. 18. The character retreats into his or her mind and becomes paralyzed. This effect ends if the character takes any damage. So, this is so disturbing to you as a frog person, seeing all these fish heads stacked totem-like around you, that you just kind of start babbling to yourself. Frogs love fish are food! <laughs> I got rolled a uh, 83. 83. Your character is stunned. So you're just standing there, just totally stunned on this, while your uh, other friend is paralyzed babbling to himself. I got a 90. A 90? Okay. Yeah. You are dead. <laughs> yeah. No, you are also <laughs> stunned, Dave. Stunned. Alright, and this lasts for 1d10 minutes. So after this 10 minutes, since enough of you are stunned, you're still on the boat. Four ten. minutes. Yeah. Um, you guys are able to then, after a few minutes, um, recover from that. You continue on downriver for a little ways. The roaring grows louder and quickly reaches a deafening uh, fervor. Suddenly, a wall of churning water crashes around the river bend behind you and sweeps towards your little boat. As the massive wave hurtles down the river, a chorus of croaking cheers echoes off the tunnel walls around you. I need everybody to give me a DC 15 dexterity saving throw or be uh, knocked prone. If you fail it by more than five, you are thrown overboard. I made. Okay, 15 or higher dex saves. That 20. 26. Okay. Something that I realized uh, while reading this, looking for that information, is that he shares my saves. Awesome. Sure. Some are better, some are worse, so. Uh, he gets a 25, and I get a 16. Okay, both of you are able to remain standing. So, um, all of you remain standing, and... Oh, you guys only take, then, five points of bludgeoning damage from this boat rocking back and forth. Uh, once that happens... Let's see here. Uh, these Kuato, four Kuato, uh, jump onto the boat and attack. Everybody roll me initiative again. Uh, 19. So what I got last time? 19? Yeah, it was. Damn. Leave me where I was. 13. 
13. I also got another 8. What did you get, Shark? 19. Alright, uh, what's your next plus 4, you said? Yeah. Hey, Squig, your plus 3. Hmm? Plus 2 decks. Oh, yeah, 3. Okay. Alright, and the Kuato. Only rolled an 8. Well, they go the whole more Hamish. Huh? And it mentions here that. Yeah, hey, I, I, I had an 8. Yo, you did? Uh, yeah. What is your dex? Plus 3. They're plus 0. You go first. Should have kept the order the same. Alright, go ahead. So, um, it, in, in other news, yeah, it says here, um, you may use your reaction or your avatar's reactions. So, I'm assuming that both of us have a reaction, so you oh. can you can feed him, and then I can use my reaction to have the damage or some, to do some other things, so yeah. Awesome. Finding all this stuff, looking for that other question. Yeah. Alright, so you guys are attacked by four of these Kuato. We go ahead and start off with Chark. Alright, I do take it the haste is worn off by this point. Uh, so. I was just going to look at that. It's concentration up to one minute. Cool. So well, yeah, we're, it's we, probably definitely yeah. been worn off by now. Yeah, because well, yeah. we had to spend you know a number of minutes just wearing, you know, waiting, waiting for madness yeah. to wear off. Okay, that's, that's too bad. Uh, which of the Koto look the most imposing? They all look exactly the same. They are we all wield a spear and a net. That's racist. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we have to have uh, one. Oh, excuse me. I, I take that back. They wield a pincer staff. Uh, wrong stats. So they uh, all have a, uh, a staff that uh, has these points on it, kind of like a claw. Okay. I will attack one. I'll move within ten feet of one and attack it with my bone whip. Okay. Oh. That is uh, not very good. Uh, nine to hit. Ye- no, that is not quite enough. They have a little bit better armor than that, but not by much. All right, I will then use my uh, command to use terrify. I will uh, battle some dark insult towards them in undercommon and attempt to, fr- to frighten one of them. One of them? <laughs> Alright, and what is the save on that? Uh, charisma saving throw. Okay, I rolled a 9. Alright, he is frightened of me for one minute. He can re-roll at the end of all of his turns. Awesome. Alright, uh, then he cannot approach you any further, and uh, he has disadvantage on attacks against you. We then move on to Squig. Okay. <laughs> all right, four of them, huh? Correct. How far away are we from them? You're all on the same boat, so it's not. It's less than 30 feet across in any direction. Less than 30 feet. Can Fang move up to 20? Yeah. I'll to, say, to depending on where you were placed, you can get a charge on one of them. All right. I don't know, realizing that, uh, will can he get the straight line? Close enough. Okay. I'll say you you could have been at one end. You guys would have been placed kind of however you wanted to be. Okay. So he'll make the charge plus a 23 and a 24. To hit. Both will hit, yes. Both will hit. All right. So now, will there be shenanigans with the damage type? <laughs> no. You're good. All right. So well, you don't know. You have no idea. Oh, you can't ask man. me that. You know what? <laughs> at this point, it's almost not even worth that. Yeah. Uh, I, but we committed to the charge attack, so it'll be... Uh, D6 for the charge, 2D6 for that. I don't get my acid because on this particular attack because uh, it's only on the body. So 
Uh, nine damage on the charge. All right. And then his second attack that hit will be. You didn't get a plus the damage at all. Oh shit! Oh. Uh, I had all that crap. Plus out. six. So sorry, five on the charge plus six. Okay. So eleven damage. All right. And then 7, 10, 11, 22 for the bite. Damn. So chompy chompy. That is uh, enough to take one of them down to fright. I put it on the one that wasn't frightened of Down to frightened? Huh? <laughs> one of them down to frightened? <laughs> yeah. No, one of them is down to bloody. I put it on the one that was not frightened. All right. And... Attempting I, to read and talk at the same time doesn't work. Can you pull out a crossbow and fire it? Technically, it's an action, but I don't care. I would have said you probably would have known when these damn creatures came out that they were going to attack, so... Yeah, you're okay with that? Yeah, that's fine. All right, we'll make, we'll make a, a shot with the crossbow. Uh, 21. That will hit. And that'll same be target or Um, let's go with the same target. Okay. And just to see, I mean, it might be overkill, but just to see if we can finish them off. Uh, let's go Fury of the Small. I'm going to add my level to damage... Uh, per short rest. Awesome. So I get a D8 plus 8. Well, D8 plus 3 plus 8. So 4, 7, 15. Alright, that is enough to almost kill that one. Oh, so close. And that finishes me. Alright. Uh, knock 2. Um, okay, so how close are they to each other? They would have attacked two on each side of the ship. Um, the ship is about 20 yeah. feet across or so. Okay, so I'm gonna um... I'm going to take some water, form okay. it into a snowball in my hand, and center it between two um, on either side. Uh, I'm going to cast uh, Snowball Storm, and I need a deck save to two of them. All right. And then I'm going to cast it probably at fourth level, just to see if I can try to finish off. Six and ten. Oh. So um, neither of them are going to pass, so they're going to take the full... 5d6 of full damage. So, 9, 14, 15 full damage. Alright, and uh, just to say so that you didn't hit your allies, I'm going to say it's the other two that have not been fr- uh, not been attacked or frightened. Alright. Actually, Bob, you can draw in chief weapons as a part of your movement action. Oh, okay. Oh, well, and since you don't have a movement because you're riding on top of your creature, it wouldn't have mattered, so you would have been able to do that. Yep. Alright. I just wanted to double check because... Yeah, no, I've always had to do it as an action, but then again, half the time I think in combat, you know, I'm, like, being attacked while it happens, not doing the movement. So. And when I'm within five feet, I get plus two AC of him, so, I mean... Yeah. It's my best bet to stay with him. Exactly. Alright, Hamish, it is your turn. I think I'm going to play safe. I'm not going to start throwing knives in case I throw one off the boat. These are not cheap knives. I had them custom made by the finest smiths. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just gonna just gonna take two of my chef's knives. Okay. Yeah. And uh, stabby stabby. All right. Uh, up close, are you doing the throwing? Oh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna move into uh, okay. engage. I don't, don't want to risk throwing one off the boat. The almost dead one, or the ones hit by the snowball or the frightened? Um, how close are they all to each other? Uh, the deck of the ship is about 30 feet apart, and they're each about 10, 15 feet apart, two on each side. So the two snowball storm ones are about 15 feet apart-ish or so on the right hand of the boat, uh, 30 feet across from them on the other end of the boat. One is frightened, the other one is almost dead. I'll go help out with the snowball ones, just go okay. the closest snowball one to me. Um, 
we're gonna go our uh, first attack. Okay. Fifteen to hit. Yep, that's more than enough. For five points of slashing damage. All right. And then extra attack. Okay. Will not hit. And then we'll go yeah, ahead. What, what? What is the? Mm, I rolled a five, so that would be a ten to hit. I'll use acting and plus three. So that'll be a thirteen to hit. Nice, yeah, but that'll do. Okay, um, for six more points of slashing damage. Same target? Well, yeah, yep. they're And then I'll use my uh, bonus action to utilize. No, actually, I'm going to use my bonus action to. Uh, uh, we are going to. I don't have anybody within five feet of me, so I'm just going to go ahead and use another attack. Okay. That will hit with a 20 or 25 to hit for. Yep. Seven more points of slashing damage. Seven more. All right. That brings him down to one point above bloody. So basically bloody. All right. We then move on to uh, all of them. Uh, Because of the snowball storm, the one that doesn't have anybody around him is going to charge towards... uh, uh, Actually, no. no. First, uh, one of them, the almost dead one, is going to cast Bane. So I need everybody to give me a charisma saving throw. Ew. DC Ew. 12. No sir, I don't Fail. like it. All right, Fail. if you got less than a 12, uh, you minus a D4 on all of your hits. So no more crits. And it would not be against um, Bitterfang. It would have been just on all the regular party members. Oh, okay. Um, he doesn't have that high of a spellcasting ability. Um, so then that is his turn, the almost dead one. Uh, the frightened one is going to cast Shield of Faith on himself. And the two Snowball Storm ones, one is going to attack uh, Hamich, the other one is going to ta- attack Knock 2. So let me see if he's hit. Knock 2. Um, <laughs> four to hit. That won't hit. Uh, and that was only nine to hit you, so none of those will hit. Uh, we then move on. Oh, wait, multi attack. They each make two attacks one bite and one pincer stab. Uh, the bite will hit uh, with a 17 to hit yep. uh, knock two. Yep. Okay. Uh, that is going to be six points of piercing damage. And then against you, Hamage, that bite is over a 20. That is also a tw- uh, six to hit. All right. Uh, we then move on to Chark. Uh, the one I've tried to make a, another saving throw at the end of his turn. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Tell me if you see anything about that. That's a six. The attacks are considered magical. All right, he is I've still tries. Okay. All right. Since I use my acumen, I like to think that I saw um, Hamish's uh, strike going off course, so I like whipped out and grabbed his hand and just put it in the right direction to slice the uh, glitter. Okay. And uh, with that, I will swing my whip around and whip at that same one that Hamish was attacking. I like to think that instead of grabbing his hand and making it strike more true, you actually hit the Kotoa so it leaned into the attack, like, like whoosh, and he's like, ouch, and oh, that's two ouches. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Alright. Oh, that's going to be a nine to hit. Not quite enough. Very close, but not quite. I will then use my bonus action. No, I won't do anything. That's my turn. Okay. We then move on to Squig. Let's go ahead and focus on that with Bitterfang. So he'll take his two 
and you have the minus D4 to hit, not Bitterfang, but you Bitterfang, personally. Yeah, I do. Okay. So I may, I may think about doing something else that doesn't require that. Um, 21 and 15. Both will hit. Alright, so... With your negative D4. Sorry, uh, Bitterfang's not affected by that. Yeah, you, uh-huh. you can only target uh, the players. Yeah, yeah, I only targeted the players. You can only attack four. Alright, so six physical, eight acid, so fourteen it plus is, six. It is almost dead. Alright, so and the next attack most likely. Yeah, it will kill it. Okay, it has so three whole health. Four flavor, and I often get to do this. Yes, you <laughs> just do. Some things happen. So well now that Bitterfang's grown his second head, he likes to try to bite on opposite ends, and then they you've seen two dogs fight over a chew toy? Yeah. It's kinda of what's going on. Awesome. He did yeah, rips exactly. him apart. Exactly. The one ends up just, with the top half, the one ends up with the frog legs, and yeah. just yeah, tearing the thing apart. There's a foot hanging off of a tusk. There you it's go. Grizzly scene. Um, okay, so that was done. Is there another one near me for me to attack? Then? Within 15 feet of you, yes, and it is frightened. It is frightened. Oh, it is frightened of Charm, not you. Alright. Well, since that was our attack, let's have uh, Fang move us towards him. Okay. And we'll just get in range so that uh, crossbow I'll just go ahead and let it drop so that the sling carries it. Alright. And as part of the, well technically his movement and then I'll draw my dagger just kind of like leaning over to one side and stab. Alright, go ahead and roll. Minus the d4. see if I can do that. Um, ew. Probably not going to make it because that's going to be 7 minus 2 for 5. No. Not even. my 5, 10. Yep, not unfortunately. Um, right. the very, very, you're one point within, but not quite enough. Oh. <laughs> All right. AC of 11 natural armor. Alright. Alright. Knock two. Um, I'm going to use Frostbite on one of the uh, snowballed ones. Yeah, one of the snowballed ones. That's a con save. Okay, that is a 17 plus 2, 19. Yep, that'll pass. Okay, half or anything? No. Hamage. Okay, this guy in front of me has a. I am going to uh, work on finishing him off, I guess. Just more, uh, yep, so uh, we're going to... First attack is a 16 to hit. Yes, that will hit. For six points of slashing damage. All right. And that was to the same one that you attacked last time? Yep. Okay. Second attack is a 25 to hit. Yes, very much so. For three points of slashing damage. And then we're going to bonus action for our two-weapon fighting follow-up. Is a one plus... Yeah, that's not going to hit. Okay. So I just... No. (laughs) (laughs) The first two struck two, but... Struck struck true, but you haven't had a chance to sharpen your knives since then, so they're a little bit dull, couldn't quite slice through. Uh, On then to all the enemies. The frightened one, um, now, uh, since... uh, Squig moved in front of it, is going to go ahead and attack um, Squig. So, uh, one biting attack. That will hit you with a 19. Oh, that is exactly what you needed. Yep. That'll t- deal four points of damage, and then with his staff, he attacks. That was only a seven, so he misses with the staff. The uh, other two, one is going to attack you, Noctu. The other one is going to attack Hamich. So, Bite was an 8, the Staff was a 14, um, knock 2. Do any of those hit? Nope. Alright. 
And for Hamich, that is a 16 and a 6. 16 will hit. Alright, you take 6 points of piercing damage from the bite. Right. Chark, it is your turn. Alright, I will... Hmm. The one who is attacking... Is there one in combat with Noctis? Uh, there is, yes. Yeah, there is one that is. I will make an attack against him with my whip. Alright, go ahead. Ah, uh, one. Oh, no. Oh. I rolled over a four in the last look. I rolled. That's right. terrible. Um, you do a plus one for honesty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will then use a command to attempt to shock the one next to Squig. Alright, that was a 17. Wait, he's frightened already, I believe, isn't he? Uh, yes. He succeeds on the second further. So. Okay. All right, on to Squig. Again? Wow, that was fast. <laughs> um, how's this fella between us looking? He totally full health, just frightened. Totally. Oh, he's just frightened? Yep. Let's see what we can do about that. Bang! Attack! Uh, 22 and 20, 25. Both will hit, yes. 18? 18. And if, do, you, do you need physical acid? Nope, damage. Okay. All right. For that one. And second attack. 6, 10, 11, 17. Okay, yes. That is all... Uh, no, not quite bloody, but getting there. Okay, um... And I don't do so well with the dagger. I mean, actually, I do better with the dagger than I might. I'm gonna go ahead and I'll firebolt. I'll just shoot a firebolt at him. Okay. And you were saying that uh, it, after 5th level, it increases to a 2d10, right? Correct. Alright. So the fifth, tenth, and fifteenth, and all it adds an additional die. So that's going to be my proficiency plus my dex, so plus six. Um, oh, and I, are, am I still thinking of the minus the minus one before? Yeah. All right. So it's going to be fourteen twenty minus one for nineteen. Yep, that will hit. Awesome. Two d ten fire damage. Oh, double ten twenty. Woo! That is <laughs> more than enough to drop him down to blue bloody. It's like two little eyes staring. Ah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> All right. On to knock two. Um, I'm probably gonna pop my title conduit, and then I'm going to use the two snowballed ones. They're still up. Yes. Okay. Uh, the one not by a whole lot, though. The one attacking. Um, yep. Hamish. Yep. I'm probably. I'm gonna use my title conduit to do. Freezing Grasp on one of them, which is an okay. attack roll. Uh, requires touch, but with Paddle Conduit, I can be up to 10 feet away and just hit him with my little water tendrils. Okay. That is a 16 to hit. Yes, that will hit. All right, so that does 2d8. Wait, have we been remembering to roll our Bane? Oh, yeah. Is that with Bane? Uh, 16 would have been high enough anyway. Don't worry about it. Okay. That is, he's 11, so... Yep. That is six cold damage. Okay. And then... Um, yeah, that's it. Okay. We then move on to Hamich. Screw it, we're gonna have some fun with this. Woo! I'm gonna use my bonus action to eat a fireball truffle. Oh, God. I hate talking about mm-hmm. sometimes. This is a truffle, Bob. Jesus. <laughs> You right. have truffles at Taco Bell. No, but the Jeez. fireball, I have I have PTSD from the fireball stuff. This uh, massive bowl of chocolate contains cayenne pepper and a sprinkling of popping candy. Once consumed, your body begins to radiate intense heat in a five-foot radius around you. 
for the duration, any creature that ends its turn within the area must make a constitution saving throw, taking 1d4 plus the chef's wisdom modifier fire damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. And what's the radius on that? Five feet around. Okay, so you can hit one of them. Yep, and then that's, like I said, that's, they, they make that save at the end of their turn. Gotcha. And uh, then we're going to, uh, let's see, what other kind of fun can I have? Let's have some fun with the sodium rock lobster. Oh, so as a standard action, I'm going to eat lobster. Okay. Crack. Yummy. <laughs> yeah, Fraud versus lobster. Apex predator has been established. This recipe consists of a lobster tail stuffed with several sodium rocks. Once consumed, your stomach begins to fill with gas. Until the end of your next turn, you can use your action, so it won't be this turn, but the end of my next turn, I can use my action to repel a violet belch in a 15-foot cone originating from me and of the recipe. Each creature inside the cone must succeed on a con save or take 1d8 plus my wisdom modifier poison damage. If I fail to perform this action before my next turn, the recipe ends... And I must take this action, expelling the belt in a random direction determined by the DM. That is awesome. So if I don't do this by the end of my next turn, someone's getting belt stomped. Okay. <laughs> All right. We then move on to the enemies. Uh, they are going to attack the respective targets. So uh, Hamage, uh, that is going to be one of each against you. That's a 13 and a 4. Nope. And nope. All right, uh, both of those will hit... Oh, no, only one of those will hit you. Um, knock two. You will take six points of piercing damage. And then against you, Squig, neither of those will hit. Another quick round. Chark, it is your turn. All right, I'm hoping for a hit, finally. Uh, I'm going to... Did I see which one cast Bane? Uh, no, you did... Oh, uh, the frightened one cast Bane, I believe. Alright, then I'm going to attack the frightened one. Come on, another natural one. Oh, that's a bit better. And a negative d4. Uh, that is going to be a 20 to hit. Okay, uh, that will hit. Alright, I will, instead of dealing damage, use my disarming crack. I'm going to forego damage dealing and I will need him to make a strength saving throw. Alright, that fails. Uh, I I uh, grab his weapon and I pull it to my feet. Okay. Uh, you now have a pincer staff. Can you use it or is it just disarming him? I just disarm him. Can I okay. pick it up and toss it off the boat as it uh, the rest of my turn? Yeah, why not? Okay. I toss it off the boat. Alright. We then move on to Squig. Holy cow. Can't a guy take some notes around here? No, Bob. <laughs> Guy who attacked me needs to make a uh, oh yeah thank you trouble. That is a three. That's right. All right, he will take because of a fifth level it up to two d four, six, ten points of fire damage. All right, he is barely standing. And then there was some at the end of their turns. The heat aura. That was that was that the was heat aura. It? Okay. All right. <clears throat> Something else that I keep that I have forgotten a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, with his bite attack on a hit, there's supposed to be a DC 13 strength save or be knocked prone. Oh shit! Okay, uh, well we'll just start doing it from now. Yeah. So, all right. Still in front of me. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, 30 and a 28. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, no, they don't. Sorry. Too bad. They, they got they got DM boost. Yeah, exactly. They purchased the special currency. Like yeah, half yeah. yeah, that was Would a you like to buy the in. coins of Bill Exactly. Oh, no, you just crit. Just tell me when it happens. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> 5, 11, 17. The first one. Barely standing. And 6, 11, 17 for the second one. How do you finish that one off? Uh, we're going to repeat the same thing. They're fighting over the chew toy again. again. Why change what, or why fix what ain't broken? I'm going to use my conduit tendril and just smack the one in front of me. Okay. That is a 20 to hit. Yep. And that is 9 points of damage. Alright. And then as a bonus action, I'm going to cast Mass Healing Word at 4th level. Nice. So that's 2d4. Uh, bonus action? Yeah. So that's 8 plus 5, so uh, 13 points of damage for everyone. Everybody gets damaged 13, 13 points. points. I, I like it. Damage. I like it. <laughs> Alright. Don't listen to anything I say. Sorry. Well, thank you. Back up to <laughs> Alright. Alright, then on to Hamish. Bob, is there any way that I can... So, I have a 15-foot cone that I'm about to spew. Okay. Is there any way that I can shift myself around to catch the guy that I'm fighting plus the guy in front of? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to do that so I can catch them both in my expenditure of gastral gases. Uh, no, that was a ranged attack you made. What did it do? Um, ranged attack. Which one did I use? I used chill touch. Yeah, that was ranged. Okay, yep, then you wouldn't catch Dave, so you'd be good. All right. They have to make a constitution save. Okay. Uh, both of them, what is the DC? Okay. So eight. Doesn't matter. They didn't roll above a 10. Yep. They're Okay, so they will take 13 points of poison damage each. The one falls to the ground in a heap. The other one is not doing great, but still standing. All right, so I will move up and uh, start attacking the other one that's still standing. All right, go for it. Actually, no, wait, that was that was my action. Okay. So as a bonus action, how bad is the other one looking? Uh, almost bloody, not quite. Okay, as a bonus action, I am going to eat my uh, pan-fried skewer. Okay. No, I won't. Never mind, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to sit back. I made a bunch of support. Okay. Uh, then we move on to the one remaining Kuto. It was going to desperately attack the chef. Wait, no, you didn't move up to him, did you? That was a cult attack. No, I, I, I did move up to okay. my melee attack. All right, then uh, the bite was a um, 19 to hit, so that will hit. And you will take uh, four points of damage, and he critted on the pincer staff. The first time one of these has actually hit. So, <laughs> you are going to take... Uh, eight points of piercing damage, and then uh, I needed strength save against being grappled by the staff, not by his hands. Nineteen. Nineteen. You break free. Okay. We then move on to Chark. End of his turn. He needs to oh, make yes, a you. save. That was a sixteen plus two, so four, uh, eighteen. Yep, that'll be enough to save. So he will take half of. Of. He will take five points of fire damage. Okay. He is now officially below blood. We then move on to Chark. All right. I will whip at him with my bone whip. 
Alright. Uh, that is going to be a 22 to hit. Yes, that will very much hit. That is 10 points of slashing damage. And is it possible to just shout at him? Yes. Are your friends are dead. Please. <laughs> it, it is, uh, what, what, what language? Uh, undercommon. Okay, yes, yeah, so then he would be uh, put off by that, but at the moment he's kind of committed where he's at, so he will likely die alongside his friends. Squeak. Is he running? No. He's gonna stay and fight. He doesn't have a choice. Just Squeak. Really? <laughs> okay! He's, he's surrounded now. Okay. Just for fun, because I had so much fun with that fireball, I'm gonna give that one a shot first. Alright. Before we get it involved. Uh, 10 plus 6, 16. Are we still under the effect of the bane? Yes, you are. So 16. Oh, uh, no, you're not. We're it's not? Up. Yep. All right, so 16 to hit? Yes. Let's see if I can get another double 10. No, four. Four okay. fire damage. All right, he's still standing, but he's at a quarter health. All right. Um, is there room for Fang to move in? Uh, yes, there is, because you wouldn't have tacked, so you would have been able to move the full 20 if you wanted to charge. Actually, you know, that's the thing. Is, um, in the beginning, I thought that was going to be great. Is the charge has to be the tusk attack, so you get plus two d six, but it's yeah. in addition to one d six, so you get three d six. At this point, my normal bite attacks, I get two d six plus two d four. Gotcha. It's probably a better spread, so yeah, a little uh, bit more. Not consistent. so much wasted. There are other things that trigger off of tusk attacks that I will might bring up later. Yeah. So having that is kind of a prerequisite for some other things. Uh, but yeah, he'll just go ahead and jump in. All right. Um, so again, the thirteen. Okay, here we go. Now I'm gonna roll four. Thirteen and ten. Uh, for his two attacks. Yeah, the one will hit. 13. Awesome. Um, 6, 7. 11 plus 6, 17. That is exactly how many you needed <laughs> to take him down. And another head, or another Kuto, gets ripped in half. You guys, after dispatching that, are able to finish navigating your way down this very long river-type area, and you get to the Shrine of the Twofold Sin, where you completed, uh, or where you then went on to finish off the enemies that were within here, uh, Morakuatoa, including an Archpriest at the end, and you are able to seal off the Underdark Encrosion. So we'll go ahead and in here for this week. When we pick up next week, we will be taking on the Labyrinth and potentially meeting one of the Demon Lords. So we hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Homebrew Review, and we will see you next week. Say bye! 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 bye. (laughs) Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. If you would like a chance to join our show and vote on who gets in and what material makes it, please visit our Patreon page where you can help support our podcast and possibly join the crew here. Also, if you would like to follow us, we are on Facebook at Guild Adventure. You can also find us on our website along with links to all the material at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you are able, please check out Syndicate Games in Kearney, Nebraska for all of your gaming needs. So thank you all very much, and we hope to see you next week. (laughs) 